0: Well, we have finally made it, finally made it to the end of my 2019 catch-up of movies for Lighting Up the Marquee. We are at part five, we got three more movies to talk about, and we are all caught up. Five episodes later, this would have been a long fucking episode if I did one episode talking about all these movies, but glad I split it up into five episodes because holy shit, I watched too many movies. I did not realize how many movies had piled up. Since being on hiatus. But finally, at the end, thank you all for tuning into this uh, series. Uh, it's been great talking about all these movies, even though a lot of them I probably could have talked about a little more, just I saw them so long ago, I p- kind of forgot a little bit about them. Um, but nevertheless, I wanted to get my thoughts out to you guys on all these movies. Thank you all for listening and sticking with this series. Uh, now we're caught up, and we got to talk about these last three movies before I move on to more movies in December. And more episodes, but today, on this last episode, we have Honey Boy Knives Out, and a Beautiful day in the neighborhood and i 'm going to start off with the the first movie I saw from these was Honey Boy um, so Honey Boy was very i, I didn 't even know this movie had come out or at least i didn't think it was playing at a m c and then all all of a sudden I saw it there, and I was able to check it out, and I did and it 's about a young actor's stormy childhood and early adult years as he struggles to reconcile with his father and deal with his mental health. Um, The interesting thing about this film is it's written by Shia LaBeouf and it stars him and Noah Jupe and Lucas Hedges. And Noah Jupe and Lucas Hedges are essentially playing the younger and older version of Shia LaBeouf. And Shia LaBeouf is playing his dad, um, which is a very... I was intrigued by that. I was intrigued by the story. I was intrigued that he wrote it and based it off of his own life. Um, and then I later found out he wrote this script while he was in rehab as like an exercise. Um, so this film is very, what I liked a lot about this film was not necessarily the writing, but the courage that Shia had to tell the story and also play his father in the film. Um, it definitely seems like a very, like very personal film and it's very cathartic. It seemed like a very freeing process for him um i know shy has been in the media a lot especially when he was younger for like the transformers movies and even like the even steven's days <clears throat> to be thrown into this life and i didn't realize how much of like a struggle he had with his father and how much his father pushed him and how he was like basically paying his dad to be his agent because no one would hire his dad because of he was a, a felon um and I didn't realize all this like hardship that Shia went through and how much he bottled in over the years. And it's also weird uh, coming off his performance in peanut butter Falcon, where he plays like this, like loving fatherly figure to this like asshole, like this asshole fatherly figure. Um, but like, it, it was weird. It was, it was a great performance from him on his end. I thought it was probably his best performance he's done. Uh, this and peanut butter Falcon. I, I thought he was like great in, Um, and Noah Jupe in this film was incredible. He's definitely a young actor to be on the lookout for. Um, what, he was in another film this year too. Hold on. He was in something else this year that people said he was good in. He's in a quiet place. Who's in a quiet, is he the older son in a quiet place? Oh, he's in Ford versus Ferrari. I think Nick was saying that he's pretty good in that film. Yeah, he's like a, he's a, a young and up and coming actor that's definitely going to be on the rise when it comes to performances. Other than that, um, all the performances in this film were great. There was no one that really stood out as bad or that was like. Yeah, there's no one really that stood out as bad. Everyone was great in this film. Lucas Hedges, I'm usually not a fan of, but he was actually pretty good. He seemed like he captured the energy of like a young um, Shia from like the Transformers days. And then Shia was obviously great as his dad. Noah Jupe was great as young Shia, um, and yeah, there really isn't much to say about it. There's some actual beautiful like scenes between characters with no dialogue and parallelisms. Uh, I thought the director, Alma Harrell, I believe is how you pronounce her name. I thought she did a great job directing. There really isn't anything flashy about the directing. It's just, it gets the job done. But for a directorial debut, I think it was actually pretty strong. Um, and I think that's... So I guess what I'm saying is like cinematography-wise, nothing blew me away. But performance-wise, like she got the job done and was great. Um, and I'm going to talk about her in my next episode, actually, regarding the Golden Globes, because um, I agree with her. Um, but yeah, I think she did great as a director for this being her first film and getting these performances and especially working with Shia's script. Um, I wonder how much to say Shia had, like, in the directing with his story and it being his life. I wonder how much he had to say or if he actually, like, let her have full control of the directing. Um, what else to this? What else to say about this film? I thought it was funny. One of the the patients in the in the the what is it? The rehab center that Lucas Hedges is in um, is a comedian that Nick and I actually saw at the comedy store. And I was the for the longest time watching the film. I was just like, "Where have I seen this Like this guy's face before?" Uh, and then I remember that I saw him at the comedy club or the comedy store um i'm trying to read some of these like uh i'm trying to see hmm trying to see like maybe if imdb trivia has some good facts like sometimes they do sometimes they don't Hmm. nothing really new like i said there really wasn't anything that blew me away with this film i just thought the performances were great seemed like a very cathartic film for shia it kind of just ends um i don't think it really had a clear direction as where it was going it was just like a it seemed like it had a good moment in time and it just didn't know when to end and what to show so i feel like the script could have been a little better but it definitely i feel like was a good effort from Shia. I think it was very brave of him to put this story out and show the world like what he was actually going through. Um, and I actually like applaud him for that. Um, I do think it's a, a pretty solid film. I do think it's like a, I don't know if I would ever watch it again though. I don't think it's a film like I could revisit. Um, it's a film I would recommend to people to go see, but I don't think I could ever watch it again. I don't think it has much Rewatchability to it like i said there wasn't nothing that stood out cinematography wise that made me want to like there wasn't like a certain scene i wanted to go back and rewatch because of the camera like how it looked or maybe there's like a couple scenes i would go rewatch just to rewatch the scenes but not the whole movie um so i think for that i would probably give it like a six out of ten six and a half out of ten um i do recommend it to people if you're interested in it if you're if you're just wanting to see it, it's a very like cathartic film. It makes you feel good and also makes you kind of understand where Shia was coming from. Uh, so for that, I do respect him a lot. Uh, I do, I do think it's probably like the bravest movie of 2019. Um, which is something I was not expecting to call movie this year as being brave. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in it, I highly recommend going and checking it out. Um, It is worth the watch. I don't know how much rewatchability it has, but it was a solid film. Oh, man, guys. Are you guys getting tired of me talking about movies from 2019? I don't know if you are, but it's a lot of movies. Like, I'm drinking a lot of water. I'm drinking a lot of water because of it. So let's move on to the next film that I've been hearing about for the last year because I was hearing it had, like, the biggest cast of, like, A-listers. Um this and like dune i think every other week was getting a new cast member and that's ryan johnson's knives out um so it's a new ryan johnson *Who It. um and the premise of the film is a detective investigates the death of a patriarch of an eccentric combative family so it's basically like like i said it's a ryan johnson film coming off the last jedi which divided a lot of fans like me as a star wars fan i thought it was fine it wasn't my favorite star wars film but like I don't hate it. I just think he was trying to do way too much in one film. It felt like he was trying to do his own trilogy in one film. Um, but I didn't hate it as much as other people and like a lot of people are giving it. Um, I do think like the the backlash Star Wars is getting from it is like they also know that it kind of derailed them because they're like, oh, we had this all planned from the beginning. It's like, no, not really. Like you're just trying to cover up what Ryan Johnson did. But I... I <sighs> I don't know. I still kind of like The Last Jedi. I don't think it's terrible. It's not great, but like, I don't know. That's my opinion. I don't really don't give a, I I don't care about yours. Um, I was about to get very aggressive there. I'm just going to stick to my catchphrase. I'll just say, I don't care about yours. I'll stick to that catchphrase, Um, but it's a new whodunit. It's in the vein of like, like thriller mystery movies, like Clue and like um, these like murder mystery movies um and has a huge cast it stars Daniel Craig Chris Evans Ana de Armas Jamie Lee Curtis Michael Shannon Don Johnson Tony Collette Lakeith Stanfield Christopher Plummer Katherine Langford Jaden Martell uh Frank Oz is in it I forgot he was in it it's got a lot of people it's got a lot a lot of people in it um I think this film was also like dividing people. I know a lot of critics are giving it praise and audiences are loving it, but a few of my friends that I've talked to actually do not like it and said it made them angry. Um, Which is, I understand their points of view for me. I found this film very fun, but it wasn't, wasn't great. Um, I definitely had a lot of fun with the performances. I thought the, it subverted my expectations in ways I didn't expect, but I liked it. Um, and what I mean by that is like the trailers keep making it seem like you have to guess until the end as to who did it, but they really like flat out say what happened and they just only keep revealing pieces of the puzzle (laughs) to like cover up. I don't, it's weird. They like tell you who does it, like who does it pretty much probably near the end of the first act or in like the beginning of the second act. And then the rest of the movie is like trying to like. It, 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 it's weird. There's like more puzzles to like than like a typical like murder, like who did it, um, which is something I liked. Um, I liked the cast. I wish a lot of the family was in the movie more. They like kind of disappear at one point, point. Um, and it makes sense why they disappear, like or are not being focused on enough. Enough, but like I wish they were just in it a little bit more, because um, like all their character arcs kind of just get wrapped up near the end. And I was wondering like how they're gonna wrap all these up uh, in this short amount of time. But they were able to do it, and it was fine. It was fine for what it was. The performances are fun. All the characters are, like, our characters. They all have their own personalities and unique traits about them to differentiate them from one another. Um, And it was something I appreciated. Um, What else? I do think, like, the marketing for this film, though, made, made it seem like more of a pretentious movie than it set out to be um i saw ryan johnson did this like clue like a clue twilight zone s kind of like 50s detective like tv serial thing and i was like okay you're kind of like going a little over the top with this marketing um for what the movie is there are points where the movie kind of drags too where it's like okay let's kind of like, get to the next scene um i know it like it's building too but it's uh it's kind of just, like, there's some, there's a little bit of pacing issues in the second act. Um, and then you also have, what, what was it? There was a part where I was just like, I do like the, like, I did like the beginning when they were, like, interviewing them, and it was, like, the unreliable narrator. Like, they're not telling the full truth, but we're seeing what's happening, and they only give, like, bits and pieces to it. Um, but, yeah, it was actually, like, also surprisingly like there was social commentary in this film. I was expecting it to be like a like a just a typical murder mystery who done it fun film but it had some social commentary and like real world implications to like today's society which I thought was actually pretty good. It had uh, hints of like classism with like Ana de Armis's character being the maid of Chris- like not the maid but the the uh, nurse of Christopher Plummer's character and then like the family being like kind of like the 1% rich family. Um but yeah, I actually like I said I enjoyed it for the most part. It was not like it's not one of my favorites of the year. It's it's mm, actually no it is. It's up there. It's something I probably would revisit, but not like very often. Um uh what else was I going to say about it? But I think that's it. Like I didn't really have a lot to say about it. I think I wanted to like it more than I actually did. Um, but at the end of the day, I just liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I think that's really it. I think the performance by Anna de Armas was the best in the film. Um, Daniel Craig's accent was very off-putting at the beginning, but I kind of got used to it by the end or like throughout the film. I thought Chris Evans was great. Michael Shannon was great. I wish they would have played up his like... There's like an Irish joke they make, and it never played out when I saw it in the the trailers. It did for me, but like my audience never did. And I wish they would have played that joke up a little bit more. Um, I wish Tony Collette was in the film a bit more. I wish Don Johnson and Jamie Lee Curtis were in it a little bit more. I wish Lakeith Stanfield actually had a little bit more in the movie. I was actually very disappointed with like his character. Um, I was hoping he would have like a little bit more to do than just being like the detective working with Daniel Craig's character. But... It is what it is. Um, I would probably give this film like a seven out of ten, like a seven and a half out of ten as well. Um, it's definitely a fun film. Definitely go check it out in theaters if you are able to check it out in theaters. It's definitely a fun film to take to the like family to date nights, um, girls' night, boys' night, whatever you want to do. Definitely a, a lot of fun to watch. Um, and it was, yeah, I, I think that's the best word to put it is. It was just a fun movie. Um, I know like it made people mad. I get it, but but that's what Ryan Johnson does, I guess, is make people mad, but he's got some, like, he definitely knows what he's doing with stuff. Um, whether you agree with me on that or not, but I do think he's got some, like, I do think he's a smart guy. Um, yeah, go check out Knives Out if you can get a chance. It should still be playing. I think it, like it just came out, so it should still be playing. Uh, go check it out. It's a fun movie. No matter what anyone says, it's a fun movie. Um, or you might hate it, like my friends did. But, you know, that's their opinion. I got my opinion. I got my show. So I say it's a fun movie. Go check it out. Um, and we're finally on to the last film of this 2019 catch-up. And I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. But we got to get through this movie. And I can go take a nap. Um <laughs> No, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do after I do this, but uh, I got another episode planned after this, so stay tuned. Um, but the last movie I saw for this 2019 catch-up was A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the Mr. Rogers film. Um, so this is the Mr. Rogers film starring Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers. Um, it's weird. He's not the main character, even though he's like being billed as like the poster and like everyone's calling it the Mr. Rogers movie. But it's weird. He's not the main character. It follows Based on the... Here's what it does. It's it's based on the true story of a real-life friendship between Fred Rogers and journalist Tom Junod, I believe is how you pronounce his name. So, basically, the star of this film is Matthew Rise, who plays Lloyd Vogel, which is the character's name in the film. Um, and Mr. Rogers is essentially, like, the supporting character that's, like, being interviewed by him. So... I wanted to go in this film liking it. I wanted it to be like, I wanted to be a sad movie. I wanted to make me feel good with Mister Rogers, and I walked into it and I left it. And there was parts I liked about it and parts I didn't like about it. I thought this film was fine. I think it's kind of also getting blown out of proportion too. Um, But what I loved about it was first and foremost, like obviously Tom Hanks as Mister Rogers always brought a smile to my face whenever he was on screen. He always brought this like joyful presence that like. I wanted to be around i didn't want to feel like anything else but joyful when he was on screen uh, because that's what energy he brought to to the screen and to the characters around him just like mr rogers did in real life they do this thing where they do the aspect ratio of his tv show and even like how the cameras looked like on screen like filter wise and then when they're transferring characters from like city to city most of the time you would have like a second unit go out and film locations and like be like we're going from new york to pittsburgh and just film film locations around the city so people in the audience know where they're going but in this film they do they do a little unique thing where they take mr rogers little like toy setup that he has um for like the outside of his house and they use cars to drive around and they have like like models of the city already made And they go to that like filter and like the aspect ratio, and I thought it was a unique trick to like get from city to city while keeping in the tone of like a like a children's show. I thought that was something that they capitalized on very well. And then throughout the film, the story is being told from Mister Rogers' point of view, as he's like as it's like one of his television like episodes, so it, it constantly cuts back to him talking to the audience talking about the story. Um, but there were parts where the meta got a little too muddled, I think. In some parts, I was wondering if, like, is this him being meta? Is Lloyd aware of it? What's going on? Is this in his head? What's... It was very confusing. Some parts were a little jarring. Um, I think the things I hated the most about this film, though, uh, was the character of Lloyd. Um, and his, like, arc was very predictable. And anytime I cut back to his like story and like his problems, I was like, I don't, I don't care about you. (laughs) Go back to Mr. Rogers. Like just interview him. Uh, just make that the whole movie, make it like the, like my dinner with Andre kind of thing. I think that's what the name of the movie is. We're just two characters talking the whole film. Just make it that. But like it does the thing where, Oh geez. Where, it's this guy he doesn't really like humanity he's very like he's very disgruntled uh he doesn't have a lot of joy and it's because he has resentment toward his dad and he's got to learn to love his dad but he doesn't want to so it causes problems with his family and it's just this whole like cliched like background story and then anytime he goes to mr rogers mr rogers starts teaching him about how to like be joyful and like how to control his anger or when to let his anger out but like see the beauty and everything it's it's a very cliched story and i was not really a fan of it i mean, anytime it cut back to lloyd and i think the whole time i was distracted by the the actor who plays lloyd is matthew rise and the whole time i was wondering if he was the actor from the, the game heavy rain because he looks and sounds exactly like the guy that yells like the main character in heavy rain that yells jason and that was distracting me the whole movie. It's not the same actor, but he looks and sounds exactly like him. Um if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, just Google or YouTube like Heavy Rain Jason scene and you'll you'll understand what I'm talking about. That shit's funny. Um But yeah, I think that was my biggest issue at the end of the day was like it was a very like predictable script, very predictable like character arc for Lloyd. Um I did not like care for the family drama around it but anytime it cut back to tom hanks's mr rogers it was fine and i felt very joyful around it and it gave me like a joyful feeling watching it whenever he was on screen but i don't think i would ever revisit this film um like solely alone for that it was it wasn't enough for me to like love this film or like it i think this film was just all right um which is unfortunate because i did want to did want to like it a lot But at the end of the day, I wasn't too crazy about it. And I really don't know what else there is to say about it. It's not very like, like I said, I thought the directing was cool with like how they cut back to the Mr. Rogers TV show and intercut that between like the story and like how to cut from scene to scene and use it to transition from city to city. It was very cute and charming. But other than that, it wasn't, I don't think I would ever revisit this film. It kind of reminded me of like, like Secret Life of Walter Mitty or something like that or um, I don't know I think it was running me a lot of just Secret Life of Walter Mitty for some reason but yeah I think that's it that's all I got to say about the Mr. Rogers movie I would honestly give it just like I don't I don't want to give it a five or a five and a half I'd say it's like a, between a five and a half and a six out of ten um, it's fine for what it is like if you're obviously a fan of Mr. Rogers you'll go into it loving it um, or if you didn't know a lot about it, you'll be like, eh, m- you'll probably be like me where it's like, it was all right. Um, or you'll go into a loving ex- as A lot of people are critics and audience, but yeah, that was the last movie I had to do. and We're done. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of this 2019 catch up and we have gone through all of these movies. I hope you, I hope you've gotten something from my ramblings. Um, in these five episodes, and however many hours it was. It was probably like two or three hours, maybe. I don't even know. Um, But that's going to do it for today. That was Honey Boy, Knives Out, and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Um, Yeah, I got a review episode coming out soon. I'm doing Dark Waters, and if I have time, I'm going to catch Marriage Story on Netflix. Uh, Then I got a lot of movies to see in December. I'm actually going to on... Uh, so basically by the time this episode comes out, um, on Thursday, last night, I would have gone to see. I'm recording this on Monday right now. Uh, on Wednesday, I was, I got screening tickets to go see 1917, a very early screening courtesy of my friend. And I'm working on getting him on the show. And I'm very excited about that. And then, um, this weekend I'm planning an episode to record with my good friend, Nick Manasiotis from the, here's my take podcast. It's going to be a very exciting episode. Uh, stay tuned on either my podcast or his podcast, wherever we're going to drop that episode. And then I have my review for dark waters coming out. And then we got a lot of movies coming out in December. Got uncut gems, star Wars, bombshell. Um, what else we got? I got a list. A hidden life comes out. Um, give me one second. Movies to see got Richard Jewell, got black Christmas, got six underground, got little women and then like i said i'm seeing 1917 got a lot of films coming your way and then nick and i are also planning on doing a best of 2019 episode so very looking forward to that as we did that with 2018 on his podcast so go check out that episode Uh, we talk about a lot of great movies i talk about chris pine's penis it was a great time Um, but until then you can keep up with us on instagram and facebook at lighting up the marquee And then you can also follow us on those pages and you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast, or Stitcher. And then you can also email the podcast at lightupthemarquee at gmail.com. But until next time, I'm your host, Tim Martin, and this has been Lighting Up the Marquee.